0: Two series wins in a row. The Marlins had a four-game win streak also sprinkled in there. This team is showing wonderful signs of life, and it is led by the pitching, the starting rotation, and the Nails bullpen. Going to dig into all of the, the action, reaction, from over the weekend with UK GOAT. Of course, Sean Barrett on today's Lockdown Marlins. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast, and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. For those that are paying very close attention, I don't think anyone should be, but I just ticked over into 6,000 followers. Doesn't mean anything, but I just thought I'd call it out. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe. Of course, it's your team every day, every single day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. Yes, there is a YouTube channel. Head on over to there. Hit subscribe also. Give us a thumbs up. Put a comment in there, particularly if you're an everydayer. I want to hear from you guys. Who's the everydayers out there? Who's listening to every single episode? There's five episodes a week. I want to hear from you guys. Comment. Let me know that you're listening every single day. Um, delighted to welcome back, of course, the UK GOAT.
1: It is Monday. It's Sean Barrett. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well, Peter. Good Good weekend of baseball for myself. Um, but yeah. building in the front of the screen so uh, yeah the baseball season is fully in the flow in my in my life right now and it, I couldn't get any better
0: no doubt about it mate just on that I uh, just have to call out uh, Sean Barrett for the year is hitting 500 he has two stolen bags probably leading the league um, no grounded to double plays he's not leading the league in stolen bags but no grounded to double plays correct? Uh, no just a line <laughs> out <laughs> just a line out there we go Sean Barrett is absolutely tearing it up and I saw a, a really nice image that was taken of you uh, in yesterday's game, there was some without the long flowing hair at the back. There was definitely some Brandon Marsh vibes going on. I'm not going to lie, mate. The stance was looking impressive too, mate. But um, unfortunately, you guys didn't come out with the dub. But I believe you had—I I don't want to say man of the match; it's not the right description. But play of the day,
1: perhaps. So we we have a player of the of the day and play of the day. Okay. Um, and uh, now one of one of our pictures, our GM. Pitt's an absolute gem, complete game. So he was fully deserving um, the accolade for sure.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll be keeping you guys abreast of all of Sean's endeavours on the baseball field all year long. Don't you worry about that. Um, uh, before we get into the uh, the action, and there's been a ton of action over the weekend, the Marlins won another series, coming off uh, a series win against the Philz. They then uh, take on the, the Snakes, the Diamondbacks, and uh, who are leading... The NL West, by the way, we have to call it out. The Diamondbacks have started hot and the Marlins sorted them out. No problem about it, Um, but it's brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, uh, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on, All in caps. In the game, yes, sir. More about those guys later on. I am confident of that. Um, Sean Barrett, the Marlins, they had a chance to sweep going into Sunday, actually. Uh, there was a, a sweep opportunity, another blown sweep for the Marlins, but and it was Sandy Alcantara against Zach Gallen. So what a matchup there. Um, let's not start with Sunday though, mate. Let's go backwards. Um, Trevor Rogers uh, and Braxton Garrett, you know, leading leading the um yeah, the charge, let's say. But what I think was the most interesting piece was the lineup. It's fair to say on Friday, everyone losing their minds. This lineup looks absolutely terrible. You know, Trevor Rodgers going. I mean, it's a Sunday lineup on a Friday. The Marlins find
1: a way to get the dub. This is a new Marlins this year, right? It, it is certainly a new Marlins. I mean, that lineup was was deservedly attacked, and I, I was <laughs> in, I was not maybe not leading the charge, but I was certainly part part of the uh, you definitely were there, mate. Um, to get knocks from Hampton as well was was funny, Avi as well. No, uh, baseball's weird. It's it really is. weird. You know, when you put out a bad lineup or you put out a weak lineup, I should say. Yeah, compared, you know, you're giving your your key guys off. Jazz was off, or rise off. Yeah, uh, both needing a bit of a blow. Um, and then all of a sudden, you get a for the Marlins offensive explosion with a five-run inning. Yeah. Um, the rest of the game was a little bit slow to watch, but you know they. Once those five runs were scored, Arizona just never looked they were going to score. So no, um, it was quite a comfortable game in the end. And you know, when you can win with that lineup, you you can feel pretty confident going into any game. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean,
0: this is it. You take you know Luis Arias out, fresh off pretty much hitting a cycle the other day. You take Arias out of the lineup. Jazz gets another you know his first day off of the year. So Jazz and Arrias, two of the studs you look to. Um, you know, you bring in, <laughs> you, you bring it in, what, Hampson playing second base. De La Cruz is playing center on that day. Uh, what we have to say is, uh, and I want to talk about him as well at some point, is De La Cruz um, is really starting to piece together a nice season uh, thus far. And he's looking he's looking solid. He's kind of carrying on his spring. But, um, you know, for me, the, the interesting bit was Trevor Rodgers. Again, like the pressure on Trevor. For me, this was his best outing, I would say, Uh, potentially since 2021. Like, I I feel like Trevor was that good and that sharp. And I think when we spoke last time, mate, we said, we're going to need this bottom part of the rotation to step up. If they do, then this Marlins team will, of course, have a chance because I feel like the offense does have the way to accumulate runs sometimes in patches, in bulk, in innings, in a single inning, which I'm kind of phrasing the paper cut inning. Like, it feels like they wait for that to happen and they just get some momentum rolling. But to Trevor, mate, though, I, I... I don't know if you saw the whole game. You probably did, because you, you see every game. But was this potentially the best you've seen, Trevor, since 2021?
1: I think 100%. I think yeah. it is a case of he, he's been it's been a dark stage for him for such a long period of time. Yeah. And for that to come off the back of the Eddie Cabrera start, where he looked... You can't even say back, because he's never really been there. But yeah. Eddie had the one walk. I think it was one of the last at-bats that he had. Yeah, it was late. Um, so... He looked really back, obviously, we know what Lazardo done so far, so if if trevor can can move forward after this start that you know, it was a real solid start. the ks were there, the walks were down, yeah, they're a little bit of length you know that's that's pretty much all you need from these guys we've I've talked to death about how they're young and they need to develop and progress and and, and give the team more because um, they've all got the talent we know that yeah. So, yeah, to see that, I mean, we're living in a bizarro world where the Marlins win four games, piggybacked with the start of a Sandy loss and ends with a Sandy loss. Absolutely. I mean, it's wild. This, is, this is completely opposite to what we, we're used to seeing. It's completely wild, isn't it?
0: The fact that, yeah, the bookend is four-game win streak with, with two Sandy L's. So, yeah, it's um, th- this is maybe a, a, a nod maybe to potentially how good this this Marlins team could be this year, maybe, where the reality is Jazz has not started that hot offensively. Um, Sandy Alcantara not started that hot. Like, two of the All-Stars from last year, neither, the the, uh, you know, are linchpins. They haven't got themselves going yet. Yet, through five series, mate. They've won three series and they're sitting as a 500 club kind of, you know, as we're getting deeper into April. So, you know, you're going to expect Sandy to, to turn it around. You're going to expect Jazz to turn it around. I do think, again, it's probably like the fielding element of Jazz. Like, surprise, surprise. A bit like Jesus Sanchez where, you know, he struggled a little bit offensively as he started to work out what was happening in center. Jazz is definitely starting to click a bit in center too. Um, but it is like Sandy. It, it's surprising in many ways. But, I mean, let's let's talk about him. We'll come back maybe to Braxton because I do want to talk about Brax as well. But with Sandy, though, It's Mel was on the broadcast yesterday, and during the broadcast, like, we're seeing... I mean, during the whole um, game, it was a Sandy Alcantara we haven't seen for a long time where he was just, like, pumping high gas up in the zone looking for strikeouts. Normally, Sandy's down in the zone, down in the zone, looking for those weak grounders, you know, quick innings. It was completely the opposite yesterday with Sandy Alcantara. Mel comes on the broadcast, says, yeah, listen, Sandy's kind of struggling right now. He's out there just grinding. So this is... Not the Sandy we're used to, but it is a reminder to us as fans that Sandy's not a robot. He's not out there just like, you know, automatic, you know, able, it just has everything under control. Like, there's always things that Sandy has to work on. There's always things that everyone has to work on. And it shouldn't be taken for granted, but never, but just has been a surprising and curious start from Sandy Alcantara overall, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the whole, it is a case of I don't have any major concerns. It's not like he's changed who he is. You know he, he's deserving of uh, a bad spell. He's he's had you know he's had such a good run of it over the last two three years. Um, and you're right, these are these human beings. I mean, the if Sandy could be as elite as he's been for for years and years and years, that just just doesn't sound right, does it? At the end of the day, like if if he goes into a game and he's not feeling one of his pitches or two of his pitches. That happens. It happens all the time. It happens all across baseball. We get so used to seeing this dominance that you forget that that this isn't a given. I mean, you have to work so hard. You have to be so consistent to achieve such a goal. So for someone to, to... just continue to do it for years. is it, an impossibility. Sandy's fine. He'll be fine. He's got but he'll put. You know, he'll put the work in. It's not like he's got his payday and he's he's given up and he's not trying anymore. Sandy's going to be working every single second. He's got Malin in his corner, who's yeah. the perfect guy to be having. And um, yeah, he'll turn it around. It, it might not be the next start. It might not be the start after that. But I have no concerns that Sandy is still not the elite pitcher that he always has been um and and anyone that's that's struggling with that as an idea is 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 foolish. He's Sandy is a stud. Zero Sandy is a stud. 0% concerns with Sandy
0: Alcantara. Absolutely. The funny thing is you go back to yesterday's game and there's one crucial moment that I think completely changes everything for Sandy and it's that a, a similar maybe that we had I can't remember what game it was but the play I'm talking about is the grounder. He runs to first base. Coop with a nice feed. Actually, Coop with a nice play, actually, diving. Gathers it in. You know, it's a simple toss. Coop makes the right toss. Sandy just, you know, it hits the bottom of his glove, and he doesn't make the play. And as soon as that happens, the ball rolls a bit clear of, of him, and he just he, he completely switches off. Like, he, he forgets to go and think, oh, actually, this is a live ball. I need to go and get it. Next thing is, the guy stood at second base. And it's the type of play that you could see straight away. Sandy just, like, was blowing up mentally about this. He was really unhappy with himself because it was was on him. Like, it was truly on him. It was his mistake. And as soon as he made it, just you could see mentally something happened because he just completely forgot about the ball. Next thing is, home run given up as well. And, you know, that kind of compounded it for him. And so I do wonder how, how differently... Things could have played out. It was clear that he didn't have his like AA game yesterday, but he was still doing things, you know, and finding ways to get people out. And I, that's what I said to you preseason, mate, as well. Really, was I do wonder if Sandy, when he needs it, he has the ability to flip flip the switch or flip flip the script into another type of pitcher. I think we saw that yesterday. It wasn't the defense that was the problem? It was he didn't have his full repertoire. So we saw him going, "I'm going to lean on gas up and just." Blow the back doors off everyone here because that's what that's all I've got. That's all I've got left today, which is interesting. But I do wonder that one player side, if it would have been a different outcome yesterday
1: overall for Sandy. What about you? Yeah, one, one thing interesting to that for me for that play, I'll see the ball, as you said, get off the, the heel of the glove. Uh, and then he he knew that he hadn't got the ball. He knew that he had it, it misplayed the ball. Yeah. Still put his foot on the base. Yeah. Just in, the instant of, of, of getting that out, it, it made me laugh that he was still automatic doing that part of the yeah. job, even though he knew he hadn't got the ball. Yeah, look, Sandy, we spoke in the off-season, didn't we, about the, the fears of a lesser defence uh, and whether Sandy, as a ground baller, would become more of a strikeout guy or try to strike out more people. Mm. Um, be Less efficient with his pitches, doing so. But I think Sandy has the raw stuff to be a, a strikeout pitcher, and we, we saw that when yeah. he was struggling, still being able to do that. But it's not the way Sandy pitches because it's not efficient. He knows that he can get outs consistently, getting those ground balls, especially when he needs that double play. Yeah. So for for us to see Sandy pitch like that, to me, there's a positive there that on a, on a given night he can, as you said, wrap up. And get those strikeouts when when he needs to, and and it's all a learning experience. He's still relatively young. I mean, yes. it's it's crazy to say we've got all this young pitching, and and Sandy's that established, contracted guy, but he's twenty seven for Christ's sake. So he's yeah. still learning. And he's still you know he's still not a complete article as a pitcher. Pitchers always learn more and more and more. Then, but unfortunately, as they learn more, they get physically weaker. Yeah. Um, which isn't literally natural. Um, but for Sandy, he's going to continue to learn, and I think there are positives to take out of that. There's also positives to take out from the fact that his numbers aren't Sandy-like, but it's not like he's rocking a, a 15-year array and he's, oh, no. he's walking guys left, right and centre. This is a blip on his road um, for an elite pitcher. This isn't a case where you look at it and you have major concerns for him as a as a pitcher going forwards.
0: Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Um, let's talk about our good friends over at ultimate pro baseball GM, as I've already mentioned, but coming after, I want to talk about Braxton cause he is doing a stellar job. And also we have to talk about this bullpen. The only, the only word that I can, I think is fair to use is just nails. This pen is nails. It's the best pen we've had in years. And I absolutely love to see it. Uh, with that being said, um, the graphics are up guys. They're already queued up, which is good to see. Um, and, uh, Uh, listen the first question is have you downloaded it i've been talking about this this uh app now for a good couple of weeks pro baseball gm get it downloaded firstly it's free it's a free app free baseball app pro baseball gm it is a fun and cool experience no doubt about it um i think i know no i don't think i know everything i think i can make some right decisions being a gm what has proved what this game has proved to me is it isn't that easy it's fair to say it's fair. I'll, 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 I'll own it. I'm sure many of you have thought the same. But this game allows you to manage every aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise, and fans, of course, to glory as you build a historic dynasty. Dynasty? Dynasty? Unsure. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing finances, scouting and drafting players. You name it, it's got it all. Navigating your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season, all in this challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free, playable offline. You can play on the go as and when you want. Locked on Marlins listeners, here's the the kicker. Get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the Game Store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Go to probaseballgm.com. Scan the code, which is on the screen. Uh, or look it up on the app stores. That is probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Fantasy Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Wonderful. I wish, I wish in my team I had Braxton Garrett in there. I'm telling you, Braxy Garrett. Sean, I must say, I want to talk about Garrett, and I, I, I th- for me, it's no surprise that he is flourishing in this fifth starter role. It's the role that I wanted him in anyway. In, at the start of the year, when they were talking about this long man piece, it just never made any sense to me personally. Like, I get it. There's nothing to prove a Triple Um, But I am not stunned at all that Braxton Garrett is, is doing well in the fifth starter role. And I think, actually, it really balances the Marlins' rotation out, actually, having Braxy there. Um, for me, Lozado aside, Braxy has been the second most impressive pitcher in this Marlins' rotation. Um, I mean... Again, we're talking about the bottom part of the rotation. If it clicks, this Marlins team can win games. Braxy's pitching well, and the Marlins are winning games. What a formula!
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, a very nice position to be in. Yeah, Braxton's pitched really, really well. The control has been elite. Yeah. He's not a, a massive strikeout guy. You know, it's it's going to be eight to nine K per nine, which don't get me wrong, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's not one of these gaudy thirteen, fourteen um, K per nine guys. But when you piece that together with those low walks, it's, it's insane. And yep. for me, the the one concern I'd have with Garrett and the fact that he's he's young and he's he's still not got a, a large length of pitching. You know, you can't just go from pitching hundred and fifteen to two hundred. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're getting some early length out of him, he was he was one out away from six innings. If yep. you can get six or five, you can get five plus solid innings from your number five pitcher, then that that is insane. It sometimes, specifically with the Marlins, you get past your first and your second pitcher and in the third, fourth and fifth, you're like, well, what can we really do today? The Marlins have got a a really deep rotation at the moment that you can go into the fifth game with with Garrett and be really happy that you're going to get a close game. Absolutely. The miners have, have every opportunity to win a game with him on the mound, as they do anyone else. Yeah, no um, doubt. Is he overperforming? Can he keep it up for the rest of the season? How far into the season can he go? We don't know. Mm. But for me, every start that you get from him, that's well, well above average. You know, you, you keep just ticking that off and going, "Yep, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that." And until the, the juice runs out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We just hope that the juice never runs out with, with Braxy Garrett. Um, for those that like these types of stats, I must say this one caught my eye. And his Braxton Garrett's FIP right now is 187. 187 FIP for Braxy Garrett, which is mighty impressive. An X FIP of 279. So, um, you know, okay, slightly you know, slightly overperforming perhaps in some ways, but still ridiculously low. Braxy has been sensational. And um, I think it is a huge boost for this Marlins uh, rotation, the fact that your fifth starter is to the the ability of Braxton Garrett. And again, going back to the point I made in the offseason, that value would be lost as a long man, to be honest with you. Like, there's other, other long men that can fill that role. Like, to have a fifth starter that can do this just lengthens this rotation and gives you an opportunity to win more games. Fundamentally, a lot of other clubs are looking at their fifth starter going, boy, oh boy, this is dicey. And I don't think us as Marlins fans are looking at Braxton Garrett going, this is a dicey game. You're like, we're feeling confident. Braxton's going. I'm I'm thinking, let's roll. I'm more concerned about Edward Cabrera, to be honest with you. He was number three in the rotation, just worried about how many walks it's going to be. But boy, oh boy, Braxton's been wonderful. Um, Let's let's do the final ad. And then we will talk Maybe briefly about the bullpen, but we are running low on or long on time, which uh, is my fault as always. But nevertheless, um, it's time to talk about So Rare. And if you've seen this one out there, loads of people talked about this on Twitter, which is great. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players across all the 30 major league baseball teams. Um, unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. Collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards. There's no cost to play as well, which sounds sensational. Um, the game weeks, they happen twice weekly with a span of a three to four-day cycle. At the end of the game week, so rare MLB managers who rank at the top or near top of the leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which include So Rare, scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and of course that Avicel Garcia VIP experience. Um, Prizes may vary depending on the competition and the location, perhaps. Um, head to SoRare.com slash locked on. Uh, for those that are wondering how the hell do I spell So Rare, it is S O for So and Rare as in R A R E. SoRare.com. To Draft your team a free player card, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. <sighs> Sounds amazing. I've seen a lot of people talking about that actually. And it looks a lot of fun. So um, you know, get, get stuck into that. Sean, let's talk about this bullpen briefly. This may actually spill over into the next episode because I feel like we can't do it justice in a in a in a brief stint. Um, and I did want to be relatively tight on time. However, the bullpen, nails, brother, absolutely nails. And the fact that they are, I mean, I don't think they've given up a run for, you know, weeks, it feels, but this is a bullpen that, like no other that I've seen for many, many years, mate. Truly. I honestly, there's so many guys in this pen that have stuff, strikeout ability, length, you name it, and they can all do different things. All these guys, this is the thing, this is the Skip Schumacher thing about it's, you know, matchups and roles. He's being true to his word, Skip. These guys are all coming in in different roles, innings, everywhere. And it's just working right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I mean, normally we talk about the idea of a batting lineup having one or two guys hot at one moment, but sometimes you need more than that. Mm. This bullpen's in a similar way. You don't expect to have. Four or five arms pitching in, in uh, fantastically in the same stretch of period of time. I think, with the exceptions of um, Tanner Scott and uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name now, Nardi. Yeah, you're, you everyone else has, has pitched phenomenally. The long men that they've brought up have done have done their job. Yes, mm. the rates might be big, but they gave you that 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 depth. Yeah. Um,
0: George Sharihana. To be fair, though, boy, yeah,
1: oh boy, what a day yeah. for him. <laughs> he actually pitched really well. But Puck, for me, I mean. He came in, got the win the other day, two mm. innings. Mm-hmm. You know, the He At the moment, he is your he is your stopper. He is your he's your closer. He's your guy you bring in when you need. If it's the eighth, you need to bring him in in the eighth. Be yeah. damned. You you need to win this game. Let's get the, your best pitcher out there. Yeah. Other than that home run he gave off in his first appearance, been clean ever since. It's yeah. it's been a delight to watch.
0: It really has. Um, I just we'll talk about when you talk about the pen more because there's actually so much to get into one final one for this episode. And for those listening going, well, when's this next episode? We've got to wait all the way to next week for Sean Barrett. No episodes coming straight at you. Double episode with Sean Barrett. that's good. Good to know. Um, Tanner Scott was rolled out there with a save opportunity, mate. So Floro had been used. Puck had been used. They were kind of, you know, they were the eighth, ninth guys, a lot of work and a lot of really efficient work from them boys. All of a sudden, the Marlins on a come-from-behind day, where again it was like just eking it out, and they found a way to get it done. Tanner Scott ends up
1: coming in in the ninth, mate. How were the nerves at that point? <laughs> the nerves were, yeah. I mean, from what we've seen from him so far, pretty pretty bad nerves. The fact that he didn't walk a single batter was no walks, a shock. <laughs> um, quite frankly. Yeah. And I, there are a lot of people out there on, on Marlon's Twitter, which is always fun, mm. saying, you know, he's fixed, he's back. He's, you know, we know that stuff plays. I mean, he's going to, he hasn't so far, but we know that that stuff is going to play. He's going to strike out 12-plus caper 9 and if he can get the walks down. But at the moment, he's literally striking out as many people as he's walking. Um, so <laughs> that's never a recipe for success, Um But... Again, I mean, the fact that he came in got locked down the save is a case of the Marlins at the moment are on a real blue streak.
0: Yeah. Mate, they really are like that. For me, that just, you know, just summed up this Marlins team in the, in the early part of the going. Like, they have had five tough series all on the bounce. Like, every team that, com- that they've played against is a competing team. Um, and it's been tough games, but they're finding ways to win. They're leaning on the bullpen because, let's be honest, the rotation hasn't been firing. The offense in the main hasn't been firing, but the bullpen absolutely has been firing. And the bullpen is carrying this team right now in many ways, which I don't think I've ever said that sentence ever before when talking about the Marlins. And I've been covering the Marlins since 2017. So that just sums it up. Next episode, mate, when we get into it, I have an apology to make to one of the bullpen arms. So I'm going to make that apology on that episode. Um, But boy, oh boy, this Marlins pen looks, it just looks so spicy. And the baseball savant pages back it up too, no doubt. Um, guys, thanks for making Lock the Marlins your first listen of the day. Thanks for joining me today, uh, particularly to the everyday. As like I mentioned, if you are listening and you do listen to every episode, hit the comment section on YouTube. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, as you know, it's five episodes a week. We are pumping them out for you, and it's a lot of fun covering this Marlins team right now. Um, it's even that fun that even ticket promos create chaos. That just sums up the Marlins and how fun they can be. Um, I'm going to be back tomorrow. And I'm also back with Sean Barrett. We're going to carry on the talk about the bullpen. And we're going to dig into some of these offensive guys, too. We need to talk about Jazz. No slander, but we need to talk about this 40% K rate for Jazz Chisholm Jr. We need to talk, talk about Brian De La Cruz. Absolutely tearing it up in the cleanup spot. And we need to talk about Jesus Sanchez. And it looks a little bit too similar to 2022 for my liking. What do the Marlins do with Jesus Sanchez? All coming up on tomorrow's episode. See you then.